Welcome to the Legacy Nashville podcast. We are so grateful that you've taken the time out of your day or night to tune in. We pray that this message encourages you to love God, love people, and change the world. Now, let's get to the message. Man, I am grateful, thankful, ecstatic that we're not just a ministry, we are a Y'all knew that one. And if you're here for the first time or you've never heard us say that before, just keep coming back and we're going to keep saying it. Uh, We love to say that we're not just a ministry. We're a family. And we believe that family is where you're loved into your purpose. Right? Family is where you have refrigerator privileges. Where you just walk in, you're not checking for anybody. Where's the food at in the house, you know? But family is also that place... A place where you're challenged to become all that God has designed you to be. And so that's what we're believing God to build here at Legacy Nashville, this church. And uh, we talk a lot about doing church as family, and so we thought it would be good to follow up our World Changers series with a brand new series called Connections. Because life moves at the speed of relationship. Let me say it again. Life moves at the speed of relationship. I don't know about you, but I can look back at every prophetic pivot in my life, and I can trace it to a relationship. How about you? Like, God brought somebody into your life that kicked open a door you had been pushing on for years. And it's like, wow, through that friendship, there was elevation and promotion. Right? And then I can also trace back, like, the bad moments in my life. See, y'all ain't going to go there with me. Um, To relationships that I'm like, why did I even talk to that person? Like, I regret the minute we met. Like, had I known the distress they were going to cause me, I would have just ignored them. I would have been rude, actually. Nope. No time for you. Bye. You know? It's real. Like, life moves at the speed of relationship. We learn so much about ourselves. We we learn so much in this life uh, through various relationships. And I don't know about you, but I want to have healthy connections in my life. You know, don't abandon healthy connections in your life. Don't give up on having healthy relationships in this life. If you've been tempted to because of a lie that the enemy has spoken over you, oh, you're never going to have friends. Can I tell you to start? That's a lie from the pit of hell. It is. Oh, you're never going to get married. Can I tell you? That's a lie from the pit of hell. So long as you want to get married, you know, you know, I mean, there are some people who are genuinely called to be celibate, you know, but listen, if you have a sex drive, you're called to get married. That's, that's it. That's how you know. God, am I called to be celibate? Do you have a sex drive? Yes. No, you're called to be married in Jesus' name. Um, Paul said it's better to marry than to burn, and all the single people said, I know what he's talking about. You know what I'm saying? Right? You have them nights, you know, you're next to the bed. Like, God, just send me somebody. Just send me anybody. He ain't even got to be cute. Like, just send them. You, you know exactly what I'm talking about. As long as he loves the Lord and his mama, I'll consider it, Lord. I've been praying, Lord. 
right? You know exactly what I mean, right? Exactly, right? Life moves at the speed of relationships, you know? And uh, no matter what the enemy has told you, God has destined you to have healthy connections. You know, it, it's, it's amazing to, to watch Jesus in the 33rd year of his life have 11 close friends. And it's also amazing to see that 12th, Judas, right, betray him and God just keep it moving. Jesus just keep it moving, just pressing into his purpose despite the betrayal, despite you know, what had happened to him. Like, instead of getting offended and saying, nope, I'm going to take a time out on my purpose because somebody betrayed me and gossiped about me and stabbed me in the back, Jesus continued to move in his God purpose despite broken relationships in his life. So while God is definitely wanting to satisfy us with healthy relationships, he's also wanting to equip us on how to deal with the unhealthy relationships how to forgive, how to let go of offense, how to move forward in your God purpose despite the brokenness in your past. Can I get two good amens? It's like, I need that. I need, me, Lord, right here. I need that, Lord, right? Because we all have broken relationships in our past. We all do, and we all have beautiful relationships in our future and in our present, no doubt. But we're going to talk about connections, and uh, I bring up Jesus being 33 and having 11 good connections because everybody talks about the miracles that Jesus worked, right? Like he raised the dead, cleansed the leper, he opened blind eyes, he caused deaf ears to open up and hear, right? But nobody talks about the supernatural miracle that it was that Jesus was able to accomplish having 11 close friends in his 30s. And I think that we need to acknowledge that that's not normal, right? Like, who has 11 close friends at age 33? Some of y'all ain't 33, so you're like, well, I don't know. I probably will. You, you probably won't, all right? I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. Like, it, I hope you do. But, like, the older you get, the tighter the, tighter the circle gets, right? You know? And I'm 35. My circle's about the size of a Cheerio. I like, I'm, I'm real. I'm like, man, what is going on? You know, I need close, tight, healthy relationships with people that I can trust. I want to have amazing connections. Uh, you know, I want to have an amazing connection with my bride. You know, I don't know how that's going to happen. We, we already peaked. We're seven years in. I'm just kidding. Okay, you can laugh. Um, but we're going to have a healthier connection. I want to have a healthier connection with my kids. You know, amen. I want to have healthier friendships. I want to have 11. You know, I want to have more than 11, right? If Jesus did it, we can do it. Amen. So I want to have healthy connections. And so as we're kicking off this uh, sermon series uh, called Connections, I want to talk just a little bit about what a healthy connection is. You know, it's always important to define what it is we're talking about. So this is the definition that we're going to use throughout this sermon series. So this is what a healthy connection is or a healthy relationship. When two people develop a life-giving connection built upon love, trust, and mutual support. Can, you, can we all just read that together? Uh, when two people develop a life-giving connection built upon love, trust, and mutual support. Now, here's what I want to say about connections. Before you can have a healthy connection with other people, you need to have a healthy connection with yourself. 
It's, it's really hard to love other people with the love that Jesus Christ wants, wants you to love them with uh, while you hate yourself. You know, it's tough. And, and, and some people try to figure out, why, why, am I, why am I leaving behind me this, this trail of broken relationships? Well, God wants to heal your heart. And, and, and it's tough to really love yourself and love others without having a healthy, dynamic connection with God. Like, if you're going to have good relationships with other people, it's a good idea to start with a healthy relationship with your Creator. Because a healthy relationship with God leads to healthy relationships in your life. Because God is the one who designed relationships. So the more that we learn about relationships from him, the better able we are, uh, we're able to shape the relationships in our life. Amen? And so we have to start with a healthy relationship with God. Now, I want you guys to notice here that uh, in this definition, it says when two, everybody say two. That means two parties are involved. I can tell you right now, one of the common causes of broken, dysfunctional connections is whenever only one party is giving. Right? Have you ever, had, have you ever tried to have a relationship with somebody that does, is not trying to have a relationship with you? Isn't that heartbreaking? You, can you imagine how God feels? You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if, if we really were exposed to the, to the genuine reality of what is happening right now in the heart of God, we would never struggle for brokenness for the lost. Like, if we could really tap into how God's heart is broken over his kids who are lost, like, we would never struggle with motivation to evangelize. Right? Because God's heart is like, I want to have a connection. Right, And so if you have a good connection in a friendship or marriage or any other type of relationship, it's the result of two people, both parties, developing a life-giving connection that is built upon a foundation. A foundation of what? Love, trust, and mutual support. And we could dive deeper into love, trust, and mutual support, but we'll save that for another day. Love, trust, and mutual support. And it's so often that we see... Uh, connection as being one-sided in many dysfunctional relationships that we point out. We're like, oh, that's not right. That's a bad relationship. But how often is our connection, let's make it personal, our connection with God one-sided? Right? Like, we know that God loves us, right? And we're like, God loves me. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty awesome. You know, he should love me. Right? How often do we acknowledge, like, yeah, yeah, I know, he loves me. Like, he died on the cross. Like, God loves me. But how often do we not return that love to the Lord because we just take it for granted. And, and, and we're like, uh, you know, I have a connection with God, and that's because, that's because God loves me. And he should love me because he's God. So he kind of has to love me. It's like obligatory on his part because he created me and we acknowledge these things we acknowledge the truth that God's God loves us but we never reciprocate that love in such a way that actually blesses the heart of God like we do religious things and then we demand that that satisfies God's needs you know what I'm saying right like we're like God I, I went to church didn't that bless your heart 
you know? Like, God, I, I gave a few bucks in the offering. Uh, didn't that satisfy your heart? You know, how many of you guys know that God looks at the inside while man looks at the outside? Right? If your heart's not in it, Pastor Nathan was talking about this on Friday night. If your heart's not in it, you know, God knows. Right? God is aware. And so oftentimes when we think about our relationship with God, we think of it as one-sided. We know that Jesus is actively pursuing us. But how often are we, um, you know, guilty of not actively pursuing him? You know, we're like, oh, yeah, I know God loves me. Like, if he wants to talk to me, he knows my address. Right? Yeah, yeah, I, I know. I know, like, God loves me. Like, if he wants to put a dream in my heart, like, he knows where I live. He can catch me on, you know, Sunday, twice a month. You know what I'm saying? Just let that sit there for a second. <laughs> I think it's hilarious that people are like, I love God, and never go to church. Um, it's confusing for me. Because, like, when I was dating my wife, I would randomly show up at places I knew she would be. Oh, I didn't know you were going to be here. I Fancy seeing you here. Do you come here often? Like... I totally didn't know you. I stalked your Facebook. I totally didn't know that you were going to be here and that you'd be with your friends. But, you know, I showed up here and like, hey, you know, what's up? How's it going? <laughs> right? Like when you're in love with somebody, you cannot help but to be near them. This is God's house. So it's confusing to me when people are like, yeah, yeah, I love God. Okay, go to church. Well... If you know, and, I, and here's the thing that the local church really has going for it, Jesus. I mean, right? Right? So he is so faithful to show up every time we gather in his name, every time we worship him, every time we declare his praise. He is so faithful to show up. And so if you know that each and every Sunday, week in and week out, that God shows up here, why would you not come? Could it be that the strength of your love for God is not quite as strong as you proclaim it to be? Sorry for making it real today. You know what I mean? Right? It's, it's, it's really, here's what it is. It's unbelief. I, I, in my opinion, it's unbelief. How do I know that? Think about Thomas. Right? The disciples, they were in a meeting. They were having a conference. They held a church service. And then Jesus walked through the walls and showed up. You know what that tells me? I don't want to skip church because what if Jesus walks through the walls and shows up, right? Because like Thomas, he was skipping because of unbelief. He, he's, you know, he's probably not going to show up. Uh, what they're doing is silly. I can't believe they're gathering for prayer. They're, they're fearful. I'm going to go do something else. Is this going anywhere? I know it's like a rabbit trail, but I just want to, I, I want to, I want to make it real for you today, church, okay? I don't want you to just say amen, like, yeah, that's right, because I believe that God wants to receive our love in, in, in such a way that it really satisfies his heart, not just him blessing you with his love and satisfying your heart when you get in the mood to hear from him, right? We are in a two-party reciprocating relationship where he's not simply responsible for meeting our needs that we have for love, but we are responsible for meeting his needs that he has for love. 
Look, God did not create you because he needed you. He was already God all by himself. He did not create you because he was looking for entertainment. He literally spoke the stars into creation. What kind of, I mean, have you ever seen Interstellar? Like, like, like he's got galaxies and stuff to play around with up there, right? Like it was not because of entertainment that God created you. He created you because of his desire. It was because of his desire to love you, and he gave you absolute freedom because of his desire to be loved by you. I mean, people look at the Christian walk, and they think, okay, well, it's all about me doing stuff for God. No, how did Jesus walk the shoreline of Galilee? He said, come and follow me. Why? Because he desired the disciple, and the origin story of any disciple is being desired by God. Right? You didn't get saved because you were like, Man, I'm going to do something for God. No, you got saved because God said, I desire you. I want you. It's not about me, me, me needing you. It's because I want you. Like, church, how does it feel to be wanted this morning? It doesn't matter what you've done. God wants you. It doesn't matter where you've been. God wants you. It doesn't matter how many broken relationships you have in your past. God desires you. And, and the truth is, that's why you're here today. You're not even here by your own strength. You're here by God's grace. Some of us showed up like, man, I'm tired from Legacy Weekend, but I'm hungry for God. You think you're hungry for God, but the truth is God's hungry for you. By his spirit, he's drawn you into a place to have communion with himself. Because more than anything else, that's what he wants. Guys, listen, God's greatest desire. You want to know what God wants more than anything else? God's greatest desire is that he become your greatest desire. God's greatest desire is that he become your greatest desire. He had everything, like literally everything that exists that's, that's ever going to be. He created it before he created Adam. And he was like, I got all this, but something's missing. Right? Because he needed, he, 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 didn't, he didn't need it, but he wanted it. There was a desire there. He was like, I want love. From my kids, right? And, and if, you look, if you look at the scripture on how God likes to be loved, which is kind of the essence of, um, of this talk today, it's, it's God's love languages. I'm, I'm going to talk about God's love languages. Um, God likes to be loved in a particular way. Would you guys agree? Are you sure? Right? Because so often we have these religious principles, right? And we're like, okay, if I just, you know, punch my time clock, I loved God well. What if you treated your spouse like that? I did my chores. They should be fine. Nope. They need presents. Listen, God wants you to be present more than he wants your principles. Right? Like, oh, that's just, just, you know, ticking the box, checking it off, prayed today. Right? Doesn't work like that, right? And so we see in the Bible, Matthew 22, the greatest commandment, right? The greatest commandment. Like, that should just cause our ears to, like, you know, peak, right? When you hear, literally, Jesus, who is God, by the way, saying, this is the greatest commandment ever. Does that motivate you to learn about it at all? I'm like, what? Like, God is literally saying, like, this is what you must do. If you do nothing else, do this, right? So we're looking at Matthew chapter 22. It says, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. 
He said, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, Jesus, right? You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of it. See, this is intentional. You guys know this, right? Like there's nothing in the word like by accident, right? He's not saying like, I want, I want all of this aspect of you, but that aspect of you, it's okay. Just give me, you know, 50%, 50% of the time. What's the first commandment? I'm a jealous God. <laughs> if you're going to come to me, know what I'm like. I will have no other gods before me. Don't, don't think you're going to dip your toe. I'm, I'm just going to test out the love of God. No, no, jump in. Uh, Heidi talks about the offering. You know, we pass the bucket around. She, a lot of times she'll say, some of you guys just need to jump in. <laughs> Get in the bucket, like your whole life. Just like, forget the money. Just jump in the bucket. <laughs> just put the bucket down. <laughs> you know, like, I'm just sowing myself, Right? Right? And uh, he's saying all of it, right? This is the great, greatest, and the first commandment. Not only, is it, it, not only is it the greatest commandment, but it's the first in line of all the other commandments. Right? So if you're trying to figure out, like, how do I please God? How do I satisfy the heart of God? How do I meet God's needs? I'm always demanding he meet my needs and answer my prayers. But what were the prayers of Jesus? You know, what, what is it that the heart of God is longing for? Like, he says, okay, here's first. Right? Here's the first thing. I want you to love. I want you to go all in with your love for me. That's what he's saying, right? And then he said, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Matthew 22, 34 through 40. There's another verse in Mark. Uh, Mark uh, details it just a slightly differently. He says, and you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. And then what does he add here? And with all of your strength, right? There's, 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 uh, there's um, four things here, right? It's your heart, it's your soul, it's your mind, and then it's your strength. Three of those things are internal, right? God looks at the heart, man looks at the outer appearance, right? So first and foremost, you just need to know this. God knows when you're faking it. Hallelujah, Lord. You know, just thinking about Chick-fil-A. You know, it's like, I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not saying don't give the Lord a sacrifice of praise because, hey, look, I show up and I worship even when I don't feel like it. But here's the, here's the key. Just keep worshiping, worshiping until you feel like it. <laughs> That's what the old folks used to call praying through. You just pray in the spirit till you feel like it. You know, you know, Lord, I don't feel sensitive. Well, just keep praying until you get so tired and hungry that you start to bawl. You'll get sensitive. <laughs> that, that's, that, that's what we used to do. It was a camp meeting. That's what we used to do, you know. It's like, don't worry. Eventually, you will want God, right? Just keep going. Keep going. I, I know Brian Neer knows what I'm talking about because his family does like 12-hour prayer meetings and stuff. So it's like, if you're not spiritual hour one by hour 11, you'll be like, I'm hungry. God, if you don't show up, like, I'm going to eat my fist. Like, come on, Lord. Right? Yeah. And so three of the four are internal, but then there's the fourth one that's external. Now, when we look at these things, we're like, okay, with all of my heart, 
you know, what does that mean to love God with all of your heart? There's many, many moments uh, throughout the entirety of Scripture where God mentions the heart, and there's only one time in the entire Bible where the heart means the actual physical beating heart. The, the rest, hundreds of other times, it, it, it's talking about the seat of, of us as, as human beings. It's talking about the seat of our desires. So the best way, when you see heart, one of the best, in my opinion, this is my opinion, okay? The best way to translate heart when you see it in Scripture is, the, is with the word desire. Yeah. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your desires. You know what that means? That means whenever all of your desires have to line up, the first one should be Jesus. More than you want money, Jesus. More than you want to get married, Jesus. More than you want opportunity, Jesus. More than you want favor, Jesus. More than you want anything else in your life, Jesus. So when all of my desires, everything I want, everything I ask for, everything I dream about, everything I'm like, oh, God, I wish I could have that. Like before any of those things, your first thing is Jesus. So it has to do with your desire. The second thing is with your soul, and this has to do with your identity. It has to do with your personality. And everybody say it has to do with this, your character. Loving God with all of your soul looks like letting God be the primary shaper of who you are on the inside. Is checking with God, checking with his word. God, who am I supposed to be uh, become, right? What kind of virtues am I supposed to embody? What kind of things in my nature do you care are there and are not there? So when God's like, hey, that's a bad character right there. Let's, let's get that, you know, let's take care of that. You're like, yes, God, okay, let's take care of that. You know why? Because I love you with all of my soul. So there's nothing here that's like, you know, pushed off back to the side hoping that he doesn't notice. I love you with my everything, Lord. He's like, stop watching porn. Well, you know, God, I mean, I... Right? It, it, it looks like opening every single aspect of your character and saying, God, it's all free. Stop smoking. Um, well, Lord, that's not really an issue of salvation. Well, what's your goal? Is your goal to stay out of hell? Or is your goal to be in love with the God who created you, who wants to have intimate communion with you and satisfy you at a, such a deep place that, that the world could never fathom this type of agape? You know, when God says, I want to touch that in your character, do you make excuses or do you surrender? Because that's how you love God with all of your soul. It doesn't matter if it's an issue of salvation. It doesn't matter if it's a heaven or hell issue. What it ma it's a love issue. And my goal in my marriage is not just to stay out of divorce court. Come on, that's better than some of you guys are saying amen right now. You got your thinking caps on or what? I don't know. It's like, oh, legacy weekend. I'm tired. Same, honestly. I woke up today. I was like, God, I'm tired, Lord. I don't know why I'm so tired. Because we've been loving the Lord, our God, with all of our strength. Amen. But before we get to that one, uh, the mind, that's the intellect. You know, do you let God have a say about what goes into your head? About, how about, how about what, what you watch, what you listen to, uh, what you read? <laughs> Somebody told me this week, they're giving me some feedback on my preaching. They're like, you should be harder. You should be like more harsh. I'm like, I don't know if that's possible, but I'm trying it today. Okay, how's it going so far? All right. 
<laughs> I'm talking about smoking, porn. Like, this is a great Sunday service. I'm just like, we're going in. All right, so, so, and then he says, okay, love me with all of your strength, right? D- does God have access to your time? Does God have access to your talents? Does, does God have access to, like, your energy? Let me, let me just say this again. Does God have access to your energy? Lord, I would do that, but I'm tired. Okay, literally, I created you. I mean, I could supernaturally provide you with energy, no problem, but I'm tired, Lord. No, you're not as tired as you think you are. Get up and do it again. You will find a reserve in you that you did not know that was there if you just push on it a little bit. But my capacity, you don't even know what your capacity is until you test it. It's not your capacity, it's your conditioning. You have been lazy for so long. That you literally have embraced it as a lifestyle. And I'm telling you right now, just like Nathan told us this week, like if you're going to be used up for God, you're going to be tired. But look, listen, I don't want to get to heaven well rested. I'll be honest with you. I want to get to heaven at peace in my soul. But I want to say, Lord, I just, I did everything I could possibly do. You know, and even when you're like, I'm tired. It's like, isn't he not, is he worth it? Come on. That's always the answer, right? And so God wants all of your, uh, he wants all of your mind, he wants your intellect, he wants all of your strength, your physical ability, and he said, I want all, all. Didn't that seem like a high task? Thank God for grace, amen. Thank God that the Holy Spirit can work through us in such a spectacular way, where it's not our strength, but God's grace, amen. But this is what God says, he's like, this is how I like to be loved. I like to be loved like this. This is how I like to be loved, right? How often do we consider that in our relationship with God? Like we're informing him of how we like to be loved. God, I'd like some breakthrough. I would like a raise. I want some more money, Lord. You know what would really be a blessing to me? If you would love me with favor. You know, the Lord's like, you're lazy. Lord, if you could literally love me you didn't do the last thing I told you to do. Lord, listen, if you, this is how I like to be loved. I like for you to overlook my disobedience and love me anyway. I, you died on the cross, Lord. There's grace. There's grace for that. That's one of the most disturbing things that I hear Christians say, but there's grace for that. Well, I hope you're right, you know, because if you're wrong, like that's going to suck for you. For like years. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? Anyways, where was I? Okay, how does God like to be loved? Okay, so this is what I learned a few years ago. And I'm gonna have to move through this quick. But I learned this a few years ago when my wife and I were dating because I found this, there was this website. I used to get their emails all the time and they would send like the coolest gifts and like little trinkets and toys and stuff like that. And like, they're just like the hipsterest most hipster gifts, like, they were, like, just so cool, you know, I just felt so cool when I bought something from them, I was like, this is awesome, it's amazing, and there was this super cool ring on there, I got this email, and I was like, oh, this ring is awesome, not an engagement ring, by the way, but, like, just a really cool ring, and I was like, you know what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna buy this for my girlfriend, because this ring is so cool that when she wears it, she's gonna look cool, she's gonna look cooler, she's gonna be even cooler, 
and I'm going to buy this for her, and, and she's going to love it, and then she's going to know I love her because I buy her this ring. And, and then I put it in the cart, you know, I got my cart out and ready to buy it. And then I have this thought, you know, I should probably check with her first because it's going to be silly if I pay for this expensive, cool ring and it comes in the mail and then I present it to her and then she doesn't like it and never wears it. Because, you know, you don't want to make that mistake. How many of you guys have ever done that before, right? You bought somebody a gift and you're like, so cool, so awesome. They need my style tips. And if they would just wear this. It would look so much better. Some of you wives are like just hitting your husbands right now. You're like, if you just wear that American Eagle that I bought for you. Just kidding. You know. Dang, that hit right there. That hit home for somebody. Uh, you know, and so I screenshotted it and I sent it to Allison. And I was like, isn't this ring the coolest? Like, I wasn't even going to give her any space to say, I don't like it. It's like, you love it. Which, this is how, I, I do this with everybody. Like, if somebody's like, I don't like that food, just taste it. You're going to like it. Just, you've never had it like this before, all right? Just, to, I'm telling you, I don't, you will love it. You put it in your mouth and you chew it right now. All right? You're going to love it, all right? See, that's, that, I don't know, it's just my personality. I'm an, influ I'm an influencer. I like to influence people, you know what I mean? It's just like, no, you love it. I promise, I promise, you know? And so I'm like, don't you love this ring? And she, she was like, uh, yeah, it's cool. You know what that means, don't you guys? She's not into this. And I, now I'm confused because I'm like, I am cool and I pick cool things and she doesn't want to wear this. Something is wrong. She's off. I should get this for her anyway. Hey, I'm about to up, I'm going to order this anyway. And she's going to wear it, right? I didn't. But how often do we shop for other people on the basis of what we think they would look good in? I'm going somewhere with this point. Instead of, hey, what do you like? Like, if I bought you a Christmas gift, what would just blow your mind? Like, what would just, you know, bless you to no end? Like, what would, like, really, like, delight your heart? Like, if I bought you that, how often do we investigate what other people's preferences are and then do all of the work around their preferences to meet their needs rather than do all of the work around what's going to meet our needs and get them to put on things they don't even like for the sake of causing us to feel loved. Because I want my girlfriend to like cool jewelry like this, so she's going to wear it. If you think about this, we do this with the Lord all the time, right? Instead of investigating his heart as to what would bring him pleasure and what would bless him, we are so constantly demanding that the Lord love us in the way that we want to be loved and so constantly ignoring God when he expresses to us how he would like to be loved. God, you're fine. You're the God of the universe. You're the creator. You're the beginning and the end. You're the alpha and the omega. You're the line of the tribe of Judah. You're fine. You don't need my love. God's like, nope, I want it. 
Like I legitimately want it. I long to whisper secrets into your ear to let you know how I, the God of the universe, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, this massive, huge, tremendous creator longs to be loved so that you, yes, you, the one person, could pull on my heartstrings and we could have a tender, intimate connection. Like that's how much God loves you. That's what God wants to have with you. And uh, I don't know if you guys have, have uh, read this book. Have, have you read the five love languages before? Yeah. So five love languages has sold over 11 million copies. It's been on the New York Times bestseller list for like eight years running. And um, I read it when I was single, you know, because I was like, one day, you know, I'm going to get married and I'm going to know right away what her love language is. And then I'm going to shower her. And obviously I missed it still with the ring thing, you know. And so like it's there's room right for error, but we should we're always leaning in. We're always trying to figure this out, right? We want to know how people like to be loved. And so I took the five love languages. Do you, know, you guys know what these are? Right, here they are. Five love languages. First one, words of affirmation. How many of you guys are words of affirmation? You like to be told how awesome you are. I don't know anybody doesn't like that, but some people are like, it really gets them going. I, I, I'm probably a words of affirmation person myself. Uh, acts of service. How many of you guys are acts of service? Like you love it when somebody serves you. Right? Yes. Like, I, I see you guys. You're like, get that hand up, right? And you're like looking at your spouse like, dishes are dirty at home. Don't know if you see that hand. See that hand? Saw so, so the hand, yeah. Uh, receiving gifts. How many of you guys like to receive gifts? Listen, this is also one of my love languages, but it's, it's expensive gifts. It's like luxury items. Like, if you want to love me well, buy me a $50 candle from White's Mercantile. I know that that seems like kind of crazy, but it blesses my heart, okay? Like, it just does. I'm like, fragrances. I just like them, you know? Uh, quality time. How many of you guys are quality time? Most of us are going to be quality time. If you're a millennial, you're, you're very likely quality time. I think that's our generational love language is quality time. Uh, the, the previous generation, the boomers, their, their love language was, was gifts. So the way that they tended to express love was give you opportunity. Right? So, like, you, you, like in a ministry setting, right? Like, uh, um, my, my, dad, my dad is a boomer, so I, I'm, I'm, I, I learned this. Like, hey, I love you. Here, here's a microphone. Yeah. But for millennials, they're like, yo, that's cool. Keep your mic. Can we get coffee? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, I, need, I want connection. I want a real, authentic connection. I want some quality time. You know, before you empower me, like, take me on a date. You know what I mean? Just go to the movies or something. I don't know. It's just a thought. Just a thought. Uh, lastly, physical touch. Anybody hear physical touch? I don't like people I don't know touching me. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Unless they're, like, genuine and nice, like, it's cool. But, kind of. But, like, you know, with my wife, hello. I like physical touch. You know what I'm saying? Like, if she wants to bless me, you know, and I'm like watching a movie, completely distracted, she'd come over just. <laughs> what was that that you were saying there? Kick. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> right? Okay, real quick. Five. <laughs> Man. It's a real message right here. Uh, so those are the five love languages, and I'm going to give you guys five correlating actions on how to love God well, okay? Five correlating actions. Okay, here's, here's five actions to take and b- take to build a healthy connection with God. Number one is, these are the five love, love languages. God desires words of affirmation through your praise and worship. Don't think that by not participating in praise and worship um, that, that, you know, you, it's, well, I'm here. No, God wants to hear your words. He wants to hear the genuine content of your heart through praise and worship, right? Like um, one pastor taught me one time, he said, um, uh, one of the greatest expressions of worship is simply telling God the truth about himself. You're holy. You're mighty. You're awesome. You're wonderful, right? Praise is thanking God for what he's done. Worship is reminding God of who he is, which he he knows, but it's, it's just proclaiming the truth about God, right? So that's, that's, that's number, number one. So, hey, uh, Psalm 150 and 6 says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So if you have breath, God's calling you to praise and to worship because he desires your affirmation through your praise and through your worship. So let the, if, you, if you are just like, man, I'm not sure about that. I don't know. Look, next Sunday at the end of service, like, just try it out, right? It doesn't have to be a shout at first. You can start with a whisper, but just... God loves it. We're not asking you to do it because we want to make a religious practice. Do it because God wants to do it. The second thing is this, is that God desires acts of service through immediate obedience. Holy ghost. We're going there, right? Look, John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. See, obedience, the speed of your obedience is an indicator of your depth of love for Jesus. Let me say it again. The speed of your obedience is an indicator of the depth of your love for Jesus. Right? Slow obedience is no obedience. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, God, I heard you. And then like three months later, you're like, I'm finally going to do that thing. But he's moved on. He's telling you to do something else now. You see what I'm saying? It's important to stay current with God. It's why the Israelites couldn't collect manna for the following day. It got rotten. You need a fresh word, right? You need that, and, and you do it through immediate obedience, right? Here's the next one. God desires to receive gifts through your tithes and offerings. Yep, Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 through 10 says, Will a man rob God? Notice, you are not robbing the church. You know, a lot of people are like, Well, you know, I would give, but I don't want to support that ministry. Well, if you go to church here, why? What's going on with you? You know what I'm saying? Like, just you're giving to God, right? You're giving to God through the local church. Will a man rob God, yet you're robbing me? But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and in your contributions. You're cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Right? 
Like that, that's, that's how we can bless the Lord with our gifts is through our tithe and our offering to the local church, to the poor, to uh, different organizations that need financial help. Listen, we only see one biblical, one appropriate biblical response to abundance, and that's sharing. That's it. Every time you see abundance, it's sharing, share, share. Right? And, and, and that's what we're called to do. And I, I'm not going to dive too deep into that because I want to move to the next one. But next one is God desires quality time through consistent. Everybody say consistent. Prayer. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. This is not sporadic prayer. This is not spontaneous connections. This is consistent prayer. It means it goes on your calendar if you don't do it naturally. Right means you set a date with God. And you said every morning when I have my coffee, we're going to have 10 boxed off minutes that we are going to talk to each other. And it's going to be an immovable date. It doesn't matter what happens. This takes priority because I'm loving the Lord my God with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, and with all of my strength. And so he gets first place. He gets first place of my energy. He doesn't get last place. Like, hey, you know, if I feel like it at the end of the night, I'll pray for a little bit. Most of the time, that's not going to happen, right? That's like God saying, I want the first tenth of your produce. And you're like, well, once I pay all my bills and make sure I have enough, then I'll give uh, to God. No, it doesn't take any faith to pay God last. All right? Next one. God desires physical touch through loving and serving people made in God's image. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. That is so clear and so powerful where we're like, I love God, I love God, I love God. Okay, do you love your neighbor? Because the love of God is revealed by how you love people. Right? And your love of people is revealed by how you love your enemies. It's easy to greet those whom you know, Jesus said. That's what the Pharisees do. That's what the religious people do. But what about the people you don't know? Are you kind to them? Are you nice to them? How about the people who hurt you or have wounded you in the past? Do you forgive them? Do you hold grudges? Are you, uh, you know, have animosity towards these people forever? This is how God desires our physical touches, through loving and serving people that are made in God's image. Now, I'm already over time 10 minutes, and I think we started late anyway, so I get an extra five. They probably changed the clock, but just let me go with the story I've made up in my own head. And here's the thing, like, um, can, I, can I just, you guys just stand up. You guys just stand up. And, and just real quick, can I give you guys five ways to destroy a healthy connection with God? it just be super quick. Okay, all right, okay. So five ways to destroy a healthy connection with God. Let's go through them real quick. Uh, number one, take, take God's love for granted and, and, and then take no intentional action to love him back. Yeah, yeah, I know God loves me. That's, that's awesome. I'll go to heaven one day. A covenant is more than a contract. It's an actionable commitment to continually love. That's what a covenant is. It's, it's a continual commitment to love in action. Next thing. Uh, sin and disobedience. Also, refusing to repent and breaking vows. Lord, if you get me out of this thing, I'll just do this for the rest of my life. You're out of it a week later. Well, you know, for, I forgot about that, Lord. You think vows are important? They're promises. If you break promises to a friend consistently over and over and over and over, how good do you think that connection is going to be? 
Oh, hey, God has to forgive me. He's God. You, you, are you guys with me? He's a person. God is literally a person, right? He's not a theology book. You know, he's a person. Next one. Uh, not valuing others or people. How connected could you be to someone who was unkind to your kids? I'm going to tell you right now, the one way that you will definitely never get into a relationship with me, Lord, help me, is if you're unkind to my kids, cut off. I mean, it's over. Aside from grace, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, no, no. No way. Not happening, right? Are we not all God's children? You know what I'm saying? Think about this. When you're mean to other people, you're mean to God's daughter, God's son, right? Nominal Christianity slash religion. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Yeah, that's good. Here's the last one. Prayerlessness. No communication always equals poor connection. Like, if you want to disrespect and dishonor your relationship with God, it's prayerlessness. It is, it is, prayerlessness is giving God the silent treatment and then demanding that he love you despite it. Just let, let, let that hit home today in Jesus' name, Lord, in Jesus' name. Because you know why? We want to love people well. We want to love God well, right? Amen? So um, here's the thing. Here's what we're going to do. Um, let's see. What time is it? I, can you guys Can you guys still come? Yeah. Awesome. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. I know you had a baby, so I didn't know. Like, um, Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, bro. Come on up. Worship team. Um, I just think I, we just have to finish with a song. You know why? Because God likes it. Yeah. Right? Every, ev- let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Everything that have breath. If, you, if you're alive today, say me. me. Yeah, so we're going to praise the Lord, right, as we finish. But here's the thing. So if you don't mind, could you guys all just, just close your eyes just for a minute, please? And, and the first thing I want to do is, while everyone's eyes are closed, the first thing I want to do is just give you an opportunity to respond first and foremost to Jesus. Just first and foremost to Jesus. And uh, if you're here today and you are far from God, like you do not know Jesus as your Savior, here is the good news, guys, is that you have an invitation from heaven to come home right now and to receive Jesus as your Savior and to live the rest of your life in communion with him where not only uh, will you give your life to love him well, but I can promise you this, that God has given his life to love you so well that it goes beyond your wildest imagination and dreams. So I just want to ask, like, if you're in here today and you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus, with every eye closed, if you don't mind, would you just lift your hand? I just want to give you the opportunity to respond because we're going to pray with you today and just celebrate you stepping into the kingdom of Jesus. I also want to invite anyone else that might need to rededicate their life to Jesus. If you are far from God and you know it, and you just simply need to make a fresh start today, I want to ask you to lift your hand. We're going to pray, and we're going to go after this together and just celebrate with you, welcome you into the kingdom. If that's anybody in here, either two parties, just quickly lift your hand and we'll pray with you. Awesome. I don't see anybody. No, I do. I, I, I do. I, I see two folks. So here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to pray 
uh, with the two people that have lifted their hands. And we're just going to um, be with them as a family. Can we do that, please? We just say, Jesus. Jesus. I repent of my sin. My disobedience, turning my back toward you. Turning my back towards you. And I receive your grace. Receive your grace. Your body and your blood. Your body and your blood. For my forgiveness and salvation. For my forgiveness and salvation. I repent. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Mold in me the character you have for me. I belong to you rest of my life in Jesus name I pray amen now listen just before we let you go I just want you to ask yourself where where is a, a place maybe through the five love languages in those five love languages where is a place that God highlighted to you that he would like you to love him more effectively is it quality time? Like, are you, are you not consistent in your prayer life? Is that something God's, is it, is it in your, in your gifts? Is it, um, is it in, in, you know, physical touch through honoring other people, forgiving other people? What, what is it that God might have you to level up in your love for him? And then is there any of those places there that might be causing you to disrupt and destroy your connection with God? Whatever that is, I just want to ask you to go full on into that commitment this week. Don't, don't let this just be a Sunday thing. You know, all of us, God, we just repent right now for where we have not loved you well. Lord, we thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for your grace, God. But we, we make a commitment today, don't we, church? We, can, we make a commitment to love God better. We make a commitment to love God in the way that he wants to be loved not just in the way that we demand he receive our love. Amen? Amen. So whatever that is, church, I just want you to hold that in your heart. And um, as we sing and lift our voices here, we are declaring, God, we worship you and we make this commitment together today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Thanks for tuning into the Legacy Nashville podcast. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at LegacyNashville.org forward slash give. If you're listening on iTunes, log into the store and give us a good rating and review. This helps our podcast reach new people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Until next week, love God, love people, and go change the world.